We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince D'Addario. I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is that guy. That's Brian Driscoll. He is the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And, I mean, what a better way to start a show, whoops, than with a super sticker from Truman Dumel. Thank you very much, Truman. Really, really appreciate that. He's got a question to go along with that about – Audric Estime, and of course, Truman, we will get to yes. Audric Estime. Don't you yes. worry, buddy yes. boy. We will get to that. That's um, the topic of today's show. <laughs> yes, it is. We are continuing our position-by-position position breakdown going into spring practice, which I do believe starts a week from tomorrow, uh, if I have my calendar correct. Right, Brian? It starts a uh, week from tomorrow? 17th, yep. Bingo. That's St. Patrick's Day, of course. So a great day to start spring practice. Uh, but so, yes. Uh, and also, I want to let everybody know that there is uh, a little bit of intel over on the message board about recruiting. I, I would dare say a lot of it. I would, too. I, I actually board about recruiting. <laughs> while I was sitting here uh, chowing my lunch, I was reading through it, and I was like, holy moly. Like that. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of information. So if you are a member of the board, and I believe somebody actually mentioned it in the chat as well, Make sure you head over there and check out the intel that we have uh, for a recruiting situation. Because there's, I think you mentioned at least 10 names, um, at least 10 names of guys that that uh, there's news on. So uh, jump over there, check it out. But, you know, wait till the end of the show or you could double. You could, you know. Hey, you know, know what? They can both. listen. They don't have to look at us. It's actually well, a good thing. That's actually, yeah. Because they say. can read the intel while not looking at our faces, which Absolutely. is always a plus. Well, at least in my instance is always a plus. So Yes. Um, yes. And as, as Ben G said, uh, that recruiting scoop was amazing. So glad I'm on the message board. Absolutely. Darn right. Darn right. Because there's a ton of info out there. All right. So let's jump into today's topic, Brian. We're going to talk running backs. And this is another position group that I'm super excited to see because look, Kyron Williams, I mean, let's talk right to start right there. Kyron Williams is leaving. Um, I think we all kind of anticipated that that was going to be the case. Um, Mm -hmm. He is headed to the NFL. Uh, He's at the combine, you know, all that stuff. Right. And you guys talked about the combine yesterday. 
So that's a big hole to fill. I mean, let's let's be honest. Kyron Williams was was uh, an All American type back, and it's a big hole to fill. So, you know, what is that going to look like moving forward? That is what we are going to talk about today, and I'm pretty fired up well, about it. It's not often that you can lose a guy like Kyron Williams, and we're when we sit here and say hey, you're going to be fine. I mean, and that's where we are. And that may seem like a bold take to some, but look, that's. That's where you get to when you become an elite yes. program, right? Like that's what Notre Dame is working towards to where Bama can lose Mac Jones and they're back in the championship game of next year because they got Bryce Young ready to step into the mix. You know, you lose, you know, you lose the uh, the guys that they, you know, they've lost year after year. You know, you lose Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs and the next year you're fine because you've still got Devontae Smith and Jalen right. Waddle and then John Mechie. And then that's just what great programs do, right? And the teams that are going to be – that's the sustaining power. So, like, we talked about, you know, Vince, I think it was you and I that were asked this question, or maybe it was Ryan and I. This is the one bad thing about having so many guys on the show now. It's like, I forget who, was I <laughs> forget who you were talking that? to. Yeah. You used to be like, Vince, I know it was you. You're the only one that does the show with me. <laughs> um, but we were talking about, you know, will Notre Dame win a title? And I know I know you and I have been asked this in the past. Yes. Said, you know, I, I, I believe Notre Dame's going to win a title within the next three, four years. I, I truly believe that. We'll see if it happens or not. But – it's not just about a title. I don't want to be like LSU where you win a title and two years later, your staff is fired. Right? I don't want to be right. Auburn 2010 where you get that one magical year. And then two years later, you're three and nine and your coach is fired. Right. It, it's about winning a title, but then maintaining that sustainability heading through. So you're a team every year that is going into it as a title contender. And, you know, I don't expect Notre Dame to win like seven titles in a 12 year stretch. That's not Man. what we're talking about, but it's just about where, you know, every year you're a title contender. And that's getting to that point is where you can be in a situation where you can lose a Kyron Williams and be okay. And, and the other thing, too, and this is not going to be a, a real popular take, is Kyron Williams is a really good back. He's not an elite back. He was not losing Travis Etienne, with all due respect. He was not losing, you know, what Derrick Henry from Alabama, right? Like, he was a good back, but he was not – the gap between him and everybody else on the roster is not much. Right. I, I think he and was the good back behind this offensive line. I think he, he was, would have been a great back. Yeah. He would have been very productive this year. And that's not to say that if Kyron didn't come back, he wouldn't have still started and right. had a great year and all that stuff that he, he would have. It's just that he, he isn't like this elite player. Sure. Sure. He's a really good player, but he ran behind a poor offensive line. Right. which kind of tamped down his numbers and his ability to have an impact. And this year, the expectations of running back aren't just about the running backs are going to be better, which we think as a group they will be. Because last year it was Kyron, it was a banged up Chris Tyree, and then freshman. This year it's going to be Tyree and some sophomores and, you know, and, and a really talented freshman. So it's not just that group. It's also that group running behind – the offensive line we expect him to run behind. It's that right, group, right? You know, running, you're running alongside a, a quarterback like a Tyler Buckner, perhaps, or the, right. whatever the case may be. So that's where the expectations come from. I know it can sound very homerish, let's be honest, to get on here and say no problem losing Kyron Williams, but that's where we are. I mean, that's that's where I think this running back depth chart is. That's where I think the offense as a whole is. And, you know, I wrote a piece yesterday, Vince, talking about, and I'll have my third piece of it to, coming out today, sort of a three-part series that, that that discusses why I'm so optimistic about the Notre Dame pass game and, and what we saw last year. I mean, 
for eight games, so the first two games in the last six, Notre Dame averaged 314.9 passing yards per game. That's not like a really good three-game stretch. That's eight games. And then there was that tough five-game stretch where they couldn't protect the quarterback and there were some other things going on. But, you know, that impacts the run game too. That's the other piece of it is if we see Tommy Reese carry into 2022 the past concepts, the philosophy, the emphasis that he showed in 2021 with the perimeter throws, the RPOs and things like that, that's going to open up. And it's not all you do, but it's, you know, it's what they had to do last year. That's going to open up, as we talked about, it's going to spread the field. It's going to open up more running lanes for the running backs. So it's about playing off of each other, where it used to be the run game was the center of it, and then the the pass game complemented it. Then there were times during Kelly's tenure where the pass game dominated and the run game was an afterthought. If we're being honest, there were years like that. Getting to that elite level is when you're great at both. And if a team wants to to say, hey, we're going to not let you run on us today, you say, fine, we're going to throw for 400 yards. If a team says, hey, we're not going to let your playmakers beat us in the perimeter, fine, we're going to run for 300 yards. Right. And and that's that's what great offenses do. And that's what Notre Dame is trying to get to. So those things play off each other. But at the end of the day, as we circle back, Vince, it's all made better because you have a very talented back there. These aren't just okay players are going to run behind a great line. This is, in my opinion, is as deep as Notre Dame has been in a long time in regards to just God-given ability at running back. And that's that's the exciting thing. I mean, it wasn't that long ago Jadarian Price is getting a lot more buzz right now as an early enrollee. I mean, because almost sure. like, hey, that guy's going to have to play. You know, and now it's like nobody's talking about He's him. He's an afterthought. Nobody's talking about him. And yeah. he is a really good football player. Yeah. That yeah. just shows kind of where the depth chart is right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Absolutely. I, and and I, I will also say the success, you know, somebody mentioned the success of the offensive line is going to help determine the success of the running back. There's no question. You, you can't be a dominant running back if you don't have at least a passable, good 
offensive line. And, and, and you mentioned, I think we all anticipate the offensive line is going to be better than they were last year. So I think that's part of it. And on top of that, you're going to have part of an offense where your quarterback is going to be expected to run the football as an option, depending on what the defense is giving them. And that could also benefit the running backs. And so I think that's a piece that we need to talk about as well. And so I, I, I think that the arrow is pointing in the right direction for the running backs for all of these reasons. And then on top of that, the talent that is in that room supersedes anything that there's been in, in a little while. So before we, we, we continue, I just want to get a couple in here. We have a, a super sticker from B O'Donnell. I really appreciate that. Uh, and then Shelton Hager with a super chat. And I just want to kind of get this out of the way. Now I really appreciate that very, very much Sheldon. Uh, he says, hey, Brian, I'm just checking in on your mom and hope she's feeling well and starting to feel better, praying for you and your family still. Love these shows to break up my work day. Hey, we're glad we can help you out. And I, mean, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you reaching out. And I've had so many people reaching out. Of, hey, how's your mom doing? How's this and all this other thing? And it it means the world to me and it means the world to her. Uh, just an update. She is actually back there sleeping right now or trying to sleep right now. Uh, with you know, with me doing all this, it <laughs> may be a little hard, but she's usually can sleep through a lot of things. But uh, yesterday was her first probably good day. She ate a little bit more yesterday, got up and moved around a little bit more. She's feeling a lot better today. Uh, I have to now make sure my mom is a little stubborn. And so when no. she starts feeling good, it's like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> start doing more. So I got to make sure, hey, look, don't do too much and all that, you know, but she's starting to feel good moving around and stuff. And so uh, she's definitely, definitely on a good path to recovery. Now I just got to make sure she has no setbacks. So. Uh, appreciate everybody checking in and all the, the 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 questions and well wishes about that. Now, Vince, when you look at what returns at running back, so we get back on track. And again, I really appreciate all that. I think the thing I like the most, and we're going to kind of talk a, a little bit about this in some some uh, some other ways. But the thing about about it is what I really like is it's a very diverse skill set but not so diverse that you have to be like, wow, these guys can't play in the same offense. Right. I think you have really all the pieces that you need. You've got speed. You've got two home run hitters, right? If you can account Jadarian Price. Jadarian Price is a home run hitter. If you haven't seen his senior film, that's a home run hitter, yeah. right? Chris Tyree is a home run hitter, right? Uh, you've, got, you've got some power. Logan Diggs and Audrick Estime bring that. You've got some elusiveness which I think Diggs brings and Jadarian Price brings. You've got some size. You know, there's all types of different skill sets, but yet they can all run the Notre Dame offense. And we'll get into what that needs to look like after we dive in each player. But I, I think the best thing is is going to be that. But then also the, 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 the other interesting layer to this is this group is working with the new position coach. Yes. And, and so who's more of a traditional running backs coach? So will there be any – and look, I think Lance Taylor did a excellent job as a running backs coach in Notre Dame. That just doesn't I mean forget the recruiting and all that. Just as a running backs coach, I think he did a really good job. It's now about, okay, but there are maybe some running back specific things that maybe Dylan McCullough can enhance, you know, where, where I think Lance brought a ton of – Coach Taylor brought a ton of pass game stuff as well. Sure. You know, now it's like, okay, are there some little tricks and some little things that the, a, a more pure running backs coach can bring to the table? That's what I'm curious to see. I'm very curious to see how how Dylan McCullough can enhance the running back room, right? And it's not about 
Oh, Lance Taylor's. Now that Lance Taylor's gone, he was no. We he wasn't actually a good coach. Right, he just right. Said that. Right? Slam no, him because he's, he's not here anymore. He's a really yeah. good coach, and so Coach McCullough's stepping into a great situation where he doesn't have to completely. It's it's his situation is completely different than what Chancey Stuckey and Harry Heastan walked into. He's walking into a situation where like, man, the dude before me did a pretty good job. Now let me build on that. Exactly. And, and I think that's a good place to be. Uh, every every. Two great coaches can see things and see players in different ways. Uh, that's why I always felt it was good to just talk with other people when I was a coach. It's like, hey, here's what I see. What do you see? They may see something that you don't see, right? And so you'll 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 see that. And so I'm also excited about that. I think sometimes with a a starter gone, it's the perfect time to bring in a new coach because now everybody's on a on a level playing field. Like, hey. Audric estimate if you don't want to be the number three back, right? As we had, we were asked about at the beginning. Well, now's your chance because you've got a brand new position coach. So if Austin Audric estimate goes out there in the spring and he's the best back, guess what? He's he's going to end spring as the number one back. I mean, there's no returning starter. There's no this was Dylan McCall's favorite. None of that exists. Exactly. Right. It's about you all go compete and you all are going to get that chance. And I think that's going to create a hungry running back room, or at least it should. And if you're not hungry, and if you don't look at this as a golden opportunity, you're going to get passed up, get passed up in a hurry. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. because there's so much talent. Right. It would be different in the past if there was just an alpha in there and then kind of everybody else kind of mm-hmm. a situation where, okay, well, I don't really need to bring it today because, you know, Joe Smith behind me is not, he's not going to threaten my spot. You know what I mean? And it, it's a different situation in this running back room. They're they're four legitimately four deep at running back. And I I think it's tough to play four running backs. Don't get me wrong, it's tough. It, it could be five. We still don't know the status of Sebo, which oh, we'll get into later, but Absolutely, yeah. You know, it, the guy with the most career you know touchdowns on the team would be him with 10. You know, and and but we still don't know the status of of Sebo. But as of right now, he's on the roster. Yes, he is. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the curious thing is, is he has the same number as Jadarian Price was given, which kind of makes me wonder. You know, there's some some things there. But yeah, I mean, it, four deep for sure, Vince. But it potentially could go to five if Sebo yeah. is allowed to be back in the spring. Who are all legitimate backs? Like mm-hmm. those are all guys that you'd be like, okay, you know, let's go. You know what I mean? So. Um, I love that competition aspect of it. And and that'll be clearly one of the things that we're going to be keeping an eye on during spring practice. So um, I, I'm excited. So let's jump into these guys individually, Brian. Let's start with Chris Tyree. We'll, you know, we'll start at the top of the depth chart in theory, right? At least returning guys. Um, so Chris Tyree, I think, has a just a great opportunity here mm-hmm. because he was, I don't want to say he was a change of pace back. He was... You know, it was Kyron's backfield, and then kind of everybody else was just kind of there. And for better or worse, that's the way it was last year. And I think this is a great opportunity for Chris Tyree to really step to the forefront and show people what he can do. I still think back to the previous head coach's absurd comments after, what was it, the ACC championship game? <laughs> so great. Where he talked about, you know, Chris Tyree is there to give a breather to Kyron Williams. And of all the stupid things the previous head coach said, that was one of the stupidest. And you have arguably the most explosive freshman in the country, and all he is is giving your other guy a breather. Yeah. So, you know, the ACC title game, you wait to bring him into the fourth quarter, and what does he do the first carry against touchdown. the first-team defense? He goes 20-plus <laughs> yards for a touchdown. Touchdown. Uh, <laughs> such a clown. 
But <laughs> when you look at Chris Tyree, last year didn't go the way that, that he wanted it to go. And there were right. several reasons for that. Number one is he got a little banged up, right? Number one. Number two, I think the mistake that the staff made last year, and, th- and this isn't a, a hammering a mistake. This is more of a, you know, hey, hey, look, let's 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 be honest and, about it. And, and this is a, a mistake that I think people can make is you tend to build your offense around your starter, right? Which is understandable. And they did that with Chris Tyree. Yeah. Or I mean with Ky- Kyron Williams. With Kyron Williams, yeah. The problem is Kyron and Tyree are two completely different backs, right? Kyron is a shifty, make you miss suddenness kind of guy. And Chris is a old school Denver Broncos running back. One cut and boom, mm-hmm. you know? And, and they built the offense around what Kyron did more so even than they did the year before partly because of the line. Yes. If that, being was, honest. that was I mean, going to so be my comment. It, yes. it, 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 this isn't necessarily a criticism of the coaching staff. It's more of a, I get why they had to do it. Right. Right. So, well, if we, if the line is better, like we think it's going to be, then I think what you can do is you can actually kind of tailor it more to where you have your offense. But when Tyree's in the game, it's going to be more this when Logan Diggs is in the game, it's going to be more that, which can be challenging, and we'll dive into this. We'll actually have a show about that here at some point in time, either the spring or summer. But for Tyree, the first thing is going to be get back to being healthy and continue to get stronger, right? But the other, you know, clean up your game, your footwork, and things like that. But the biggest thing, honestly, and this isn't to say that Chris Tyree has been perfect or his game can't get any better, it's people will start like there's a lot of fans that are down on Chris Tyree, and 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 the mistake I think they're making is. You're a evaluate. You're you're comparing him to Kyron Williams. Well, he's not elusive. So, no one ever claimed he was when they signed him. A lot of other things. You know, and, and you know what? The other guy ran a four six five, and Chris Tyree runs a at worst four three five. You know, I mean, they're different backs, right? And they tried to turn Chris Tyree into Kyron Williams, and fans expected Chris Tyree to look like Kyron. Well, he doesn't make people miss. Oh, okay. You know, how he makes people miss. He's going to run by him. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's how he makes people miss. And but he wasn't put in those situations last year in my opinion. And because they had to tailor the offense the way that they did, again, not so much because they made a mistake. And this is why I tried to preface the beginning. It, it was almost out of necessity as much as anything because of how poor the line was. And, and I, to me, it, it, it's, I think you get back, you've got to be able to get back to being able to mix up the inside outside zones. You've got to be able to have some counters and some buck sweeps. We saw last year, the counters weren't super effective the way that Chris Tyree runs them. So a perfect example is a counter play that went for six in 2020 was the Chris Tyree's long touchdown run against Florida state. He could be patient because he's a very patient back. He is a one cut and go guy, right? But if he could kind of be patient, let the holes develop, and then burst through, he was he was great. That was his that was his sweet sweet spot, you know. And when it comes to making guys miss, he's more of a second level one cut and right. miss guy, not a shifty like Kyron Williams. It's just different type of back. Not one's not better, one's not worse. It's just different, right? And because the line was so poor last year, Chris Tyree's skill set didn't really fit it as well. Which yeah, which is why Logan Diggs looked so much better when he got in, right? But that's more of a line problem than a Chris Tyree problem. But that has caused a lot of fans to be down on Chris Tyree because, oh, he can't do this, he can't do that, instead of looking at, okay, no, he can't do those things. No one ever said he can do those things. But you know what no one else on the on the roster can do? Turn this big big of a crease into a 90-yard touchdown, right? Absolutely. And he also showed in the bowl game that even if you shut the run game down, if he gets the volume, he's still going to hit a home run, right? as we saw. 
And, you know, I think that's a big part of it too. Well, and I, I do, I agree with everything that you just said. I just feel like there were some things left on the field by the coaching staff. I felt like they could have been a little bit more creative getting him the football on the outside, you know, just, just, I'm not saying massively different, but I mean, putting him, I mean, and knowing what you're getting from the guys up front, I mean, knowing that you're not getting much there, just getting him to the outside, maybe a little bit more, you know, maybe a jet sweep, maybe a buck sweep, you know, things of that nature. The problem is, is you've got to be able to block that. And, and that's the problem. You got to be able to set the. You edge. had massive issues at left tackle all yeah. year. I mean, it, it took you however long to get there, right? You know, because Blake Fisher goes down in the opener, and then Tosh Baker doesn't get it done. Michael Carmody doesn't get it done. Then Joe Walt comes in, and Joe did a great job in pass pro. But Joe was just a true freshman. He was a teenager. He wasn't a guy who was going to move. He wasn't going to take a nine technique and drive him to the sideline. He would be in the right zone, spot, right? but he's not going to dominate it right. physically. And and then you look at the right side, and and Josh Lug just, I mean, he he had his own issues. And then the tight ends were really not good blocking early in the year. They got a lot better in the second half of the year, but early in the year they were awful at run blocking. And it's just one of those things where it's kind of like teams knew that that's what they were going to do with Chris Tyree. Cause if you actually go watch games, like I was watching the Cincinnati game yesterday, just oh. going through the all 22 again. And you know, they tried to get him the ball on jet sweeps and, and on some outside zones, but it's just like teams knew that was coming. Yeah. Because the problem was they could beat Notre Dame with four up front in the run game, which meant their safeties could really key on the perimeter, the perimeter runs. And that's why in the second half of the year, Tommy Reese went more to the perimeter passes because you get the ball out quicker, uh, faster, and those guys can't adjust. As right. Well. Yeah. And right. so, to me, even though, like the the mistake, I think that we we can make as evaluators is we see Chris Tyree's speed, and everything you got to get him outside. I think that the thing about the what to your point is you know get him outside in the pass game. I would agree with that. The yeah. problem is you got to take Kyron Williams off the field to do that, and I don't think they were understandably willing to do that, especially since let's be honest, Vince. For half the year, Chris wasn't healthy. Yeah. I mean, that's... from Virginia Tech on, he was not healthy. And when you take the speed away from Chris Tyree, that, that that's his biggest weapon, obviously. Right. Yes. And so we saw the juice come a little bit back in the Stanford game. That was the first time he showed any burst. I think it was the Georgia Tech and Stanford games. I think the first times all year showed any burst. So that's part of it, too, is just when you start to think you're going to start. Once the line started just kind of being okay, that's yeah. when Chris got hurt. You know, and, and that's another thing that factored into it as well. Cause, you know, you look at his yards per carry. Well, Kyron's yards per carry at that point in time in the season were just as bad. Yes. And then Chris was kind of banged up and not really getting a lot of, of, of play down the road. But we saw him healthy in the bowl game and we saw them utilize him in the pass game more. So I, I agree to a point with what you're saying. I just don't think they could have done it last year. Cause I think the other thing is, why do you want to bang your head up against the wall trying to get something going when you know you can't block it? Right. No, that would, be, that would be my thing. Where you don't have to block a quick out. And you don't have to, your line doesn't have to block a quick out or an RPO, or they don't have to block it. They right. get their butt kicked. You're still getting the ball out and getting to the perimeter. And that is a that is a classic adjustment to when you don't have a good offensive line, because you just get the ball out. Just get the ball out. There was a team around here, high school wise. Their O line was terrible. My, I remember the head coach had a screensaver like his background picture on his on his thing and it was the quarterback throwing the ball every one of the linemen were facing the quarterback mm-hmm. but it was a touchdown pass because mm-hmm. he just got to the outside to a fast kid and he just went right i was like this is horrible why would you have right. the picture here so just i know i'm getting off track here but the point is they adjusted based on what they had to work right 
And now I do think there's more they could have done in the past game with Tyree. But again, it's kind of like, but you're taking off. I mean, the thing is, there are things I think that Chris Tyree is better at than Kyron Williams. And and I don't want to turn this into like a Kyron wasn't as good as people think. That's not really what I'm saying. Right. It's just there are some areas I, I think they could have better utilized Chris. But the pass game isn't one of them. If I got to choose between the two of them for pass game, I'm, I'm going with Kyron last year. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean there aren't things you can do with Chris. And so I think the point is moving forward, if the line is going to be improved, which look – even if Jeff Quinn was coming back, the line's going to be better. Was going to be better. Yes, just from because an experience standpoint. You have Alt is a year older, Fisher's yeah. a year older. You know those type of things, and you know, assuming they would have made the same person, assuming they would have actually moved, you know, Fisher over to right tackle instead of just taking. I could, I could have seen them doing something like that. You know, if if moving forward, like, yeah, you know, something dumb because you know. Well, and, and Jared Patterson wouldn't have been back. Probably not. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing he didn't probably tell not. Me, but it, yeah, I'm, probably I'm, not. Yeah. But the, the point is they still would have been better in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. But not, not enough to where it would have made a big difference. I think right. I'm expecting the line to be a good run blocking line at, at minimum this year. Yes. Cause there's talent. And they're going to have a great coach. And, you know, and, and, you know, so when I, when I look at it, I, I, I see a situation where it's going to better suit what Chris does. And so there's going to be more holes and not just exactly. holes. It's not so much holes. It's holes within the framework of a system. And I think that is, uh, that is kind of where, where I'm kind of looking at this is it's just, you know, there were holes last year, but Kyron had to make three jump cuts to get there. Right. Where now it's more of a get on your track, let the blocks develop and then go more traditional runs. And so, you know, looking more like 2017, looking more like 2018 with Dexter, looking more like even in 2020 at times. You know, so I think those are the things that say, hey, look, I I, I think this run game is going to get a lot better. And I think Chris Tyree uh, is, is, you know, kind of uh, going to be a beneficiary of this, right? Needs to be a beneficiary of this. And as long as they're able to call runs that fit him – and we'll talk more about this when we we do the sort of the group thing. I feel good about it. I feel good about what Chris Tyree brings to the table. I feel good about the offense supporting him. And the thing that we'll talk about just briefly that that kind of hurt fits all of them, not hurts, but fits all of them is if Tyler Buckner wins the starting quarterback job for the first time since 2017, you're going to have a, a, a guy at quarterback that teams have to legitimately look exactly. at and say, that's the key. I gotta, I gotta be careful on this inside zone action because I got to make sure twelve doesn't pull that sucker and get outside. It's and I think I that's where I think Chris Tyree is just going to eat I, for a better for a lack of a better term, right? Because people are going to have to focus on mm-hmm. Tyler Buckner and what he does with his legs. And if Tyler Buckner can get a hold of what this right. RPO system is, right, and he's reading it correctly. Ty, Chris Tyree's going to have some massive holes to run through, right? And should, he, yeah. he should. That's what I'm saying. He should have some massive holes to run through. So you talk about the offensive line getting better, um, Tyler Buckner being able to read the the run game, and Chris Tyree being healthy all season. I, I just think he's going to go because there's going to be holes there where it, he's going to hit that hole and you're not going to realize how fast he gets to the third level. And the thing about Chris, he's kind of a narrow kid. Yes, 
He can fit through. Doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. And he's really good at when he tucks the ball, getting like there's a thing you teach running backs about. Look, get skinny. Yep. Right, get skinny through the hole. Yep. And it's about like tucking the ball and just kind of running in a way where you and he's really good at that. Yes. So that's the other thing is he doesn't need a big hole. He just needs just give him a crease big enough to fit his part of his body through, and he's gonna be good. Now, here's the one question about the run game, and I don't want to talk too much about this because we'll have more specific on this, but the receivers are going to be one of the question marks. Sure. Absolutely. They're not going to probably be as big as Ben at receiver. And they've been really good blockers in the past. I'm curious if they're going to, but that's a different topic for a different day. But Chris Tyree, I fully expect him, whether he's the number one, the number two, whatever the case may be, to be a focal point. And look, he has to, to me, he has to be a minimum eight to 10 touch per game guy. Minimum oh, yeah. eight to 10 touches. And but the thing about him is he doesn't have to be a twenty touch guy. That's true. He showed in the bowl game what he can do with like what nine touches, right? I think is all he got. Because right? I mean, wow, it might might have been like twelve at Still, the most because point. they didn't they didn't run they couldn't run the ball. But uh, you I, know, I, I mean, don't it, think Chris Tyree is built to be a volume touch guy. Any not week after week, he had twelve right. touches in the bowl game. Okay. Not week after week. I mean, right. look, I. I think he could – there may be some games where he gets a total of 20 touches. He doesn't need to be, but that just doesn't really happen anymore. I mean, like I True. pointed out, when you have a decent rotation, I mean, in, in 2017, Nick Chubb had 20 carries. Now, again, I didn't count total touches, but just 20 carries once in 15 games for Georgia because they had a good rotation with him and Sonny Michelle and, and uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the other – DeAndre Swift. So it, it worked, and that's kind of how I see this group. You if you do it right, Chris Tyree doesn't need 20 touches. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what makes him. And and he doesn't need 20 touches due to the fact that we have these other guys we're about to talk about that they need to be getting touches as well. So let's do it. Move on to it. And next guy, right? So Logan Diggs, I think is the guy that's, I hear most often when people are talking about what is going to be in the backfield next year, because to the point that you made about people being down on Chris Tyree, which is mind blowing, but I hear, oh, no, I mean, I, I understand I it. I, mean, it. I, I get it. I don't agree with it. I think right. that they're wrong, but I understand it sure. I, because of, you know, look, it's, it's recency bias Vince, right. And yes. the most recent stuff we saw from Chris Tyree was that he wasn't, you know, that's why everyone's talking about him being, well, make him a receiver now. Why? Because the last time we saw him, he had a hundred yards receiving. Right. Exactly. He's not a receiver. No. Right. He's, he's a running back. Right. But I mean, so again, I, I understand it. I just, I think that sometimes you have to understand that, that it, it guys have different styles. One's not better. One's not worse, but if the line can't block your style, you're not going to look great. Right. And that, that's the point that I was. And that's fair. That's fair. So let's let's talk about Logan Diggs. He's going to be a sophomore. Did he he played more than four games, right? So he's a, oh yeah yeah, okay. yeah. So he's a legit sophomore, uh, both in school and on the field. And you know, obviously, his role is going to increase this year. Uh, you know, we just talked about the fact that Chris Tyree is not going to be a twenty-plus guy carry, you know, touch guy. At least I don't think he should be because of the guys that were not consistently, right? Yeah, not consistently. So Logan Diggs, and he's different than Chris Tyree, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just a different... In every player. single way. Yeah. <laughs> taller, Explain. thicker. Explain. I mean, it, it's just, he's taller. Yeah. I mean, Chris Tyree's 5'9", Logan's six foot. He's thicker. I mean, Chris Tyree's 190. Logan's already over 200 pounds. Uh, he's a, his running style's different. Chris is a one-cut-and-go guy. Logan can do that, but Logan's also, as we saw last year, he's shifty. He's got great right. feet, great balance, great vision. 
You know, and that's the thing that I, I think is true of all the backs. I think they all have really good vision and patience. Sometimes, in the case of Logan Diggs, a little bit too much patience, which I think was a a bad habit. He and Kyron Williams both picked up some some necessary bad habits last year. I say necessary because they're not things you normally want a back to do, but it was the only chance they had to be successful last year with how bad the line was. Right. And, and so, you know, the, and we saw it kind of hurt them in the bowl game. There's a couple runs where he just needed to put his foot in the ground and go and just yes. hammer the line yes. for a couple yards. Things we know he can do because he did it in high school. Because I love patient back. Right. I do. Right. But you got to know when it's time to be you patient. Gotta, exactly. You know. And, yeah. and, and we saw in the bowl game, he just, he, he was always looking for that cut. He was like almost anticipating that back behind the line cut. When sometimes it's, dude, put your foot in the ground and hammer the line and get the three yards, move the chains, and we're going to be good. Rookie mistake combined with, you know, look, because the line didn't just not block well in games. This was happening in practice, too, you know. And, uh, you know, so, so they picked up some of those bad habits. I think getting Logan back to his high school form where he showed the ability to play within the offense, but then right. if he needed to go make you miss, he could. His role got kind of reversed last year. And so with the line that's doing a better job, you're going to see Logan be even more effective because you're going to eliminate some of the negatives he had last year. He had too many negative runs last year. And it was because it was a necessity. Like right. I've got to find somewhere to go because the line isn't blocking anybody. Man, four carries for minus two yards against Stanford, right? So efficiency is going to have to increase. But that's where we thought would be his wheelhouse. And that's the interesting thing. What you saw from Logan Diggs last year, fans, it's not even the best part of his game. Yeah. It was the most needed part of his game well, because and I think of how bad the line was. He he watched Kyron Williams too, right? I mean, he saw what Kyron Williams was doing, and he almost – I almost felt like he kind of mimicked a little bit of what Kyron Williams was doing. Again, I don't – it's just more about how a style fits more so than mimicking Kyron. I think it's just his style is similar in that way. He's just – I mean, like the leaping thing. Like he has – he did that on high school. Sure. I mean, there's there's clips on his high on his high school film, you know, of him cutting back and going back across the. I mean, so I I think, I think seeing what happened to Kyron Vince, I think to your to your point, I think that helped him say, hey, I'm gonna have to have this in my tool belt. But right. I don't think it was like, ooh, look what Kyron did. I got to do that too. It was like, uh oh, line ain't blocking again. Well, I, guess I think we gotta be ready. To do that's that. what it was right there. It's almost like okay, I'm seeing what Kyron's doing. He's having a little bit of success being right ultra patient behind these guys i need to do that right i felt like it was almost a little bit too much right that's what i meant right. by like you know yeah i gotcha absolutely but i think the thing about that i loved about Kyra, about logan and where i think logan has a chance to be a really special player is i want to see logan get back to being the guy he was in high school which is get on your track stay right. on your path make that one vertical cut then that elusiveness becomes your weapon in the second level Right. And that's what hurt them with the line line. It hurt Kyron too is they had to use that elusiveness behind the line to even get downfield. Right. Now, if you're able to make those cuts down the field, once you make the second and third level guys miss, there's nobody else behind exactly. them. Where last year they were making the first level guys miss and then the second level guys miss, but then the third level guys or sometimes the second level guys were there to make the tackles, right? right. Levels being D line level one, linebackers level two, secondary level three. Right. If your line's able to take care of the line and now you're making your moves off levels two and three, that's where the bigger plays are going to come from. That's where the more efficient runs are going to come from. Right. And so for Logan, it's like everything you showed last year was perfectly fine. I love it. It's all good. From a big picture standpoint, you want to get him in position where he's making those moves down the field. 
Now, again, last year he did what he he had to do what he did, right? Right. But now it's about the line play because – and then the other thing is getting getting him back to being more – playing within the system more, which, again, him and Kyron couldn't do last year. Right. Because they weren't blocking well enough, right? So just understand what we're saying. So when, when we say things like that, it may sound like a criticism of Logan Diggs. It's not. It's, no. He had no choice. But now you've got to deprogram that a little bit if you're right. Dylan McCullough and Harry Heastan and say, hey, look, man – don't you do our job for us, okay? That's our job. And if they don't do their job, then I'm going to rip their you-know-whats. Let me handle that. But you stay on your run track. That's what – because you know – Coach. we've seen Coach Easton get on the backs before. Oh, yeah. And 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 he should. Now, again, you're not undermining what your coach said, but you're – You're working look, together. Look, exactly. Yeah. You do what you're taught to do, right. and let me get these guys going. Running back, it, running back coaches right. offensive linemen too. But, like, hey right. – you got to move your exactly and get out of the way because exactly the guys exactly track, and that's know. why it's always good to have a good relationship Absolutely. between the O line coach and the running backs coach. Absolutely, and so it's like you do your job. Your job is to get on the inside hip of the tight end and follow that sucker until you see until you see color, right? Right, and then you make your cut. And if we don't block for you, then that's on us, and we'll get that thing fixed, right? Right, exactly. but. Now, so what will happen is if Logan can get back to being the patient runner that that I fell in love with as a player in high school, now all of a sudden he really becomes a more efficient back. Because that's the thing I liked about Logan's Logan in high school is he's super efficient back because he had great vision, great patience, and his balance is as good as you're going to find for a 200-plus pound running back. I mean, and and those things like, you know, he 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 was willing to lower his shoulder and hammer people in high school. Like he's not a a hammer back but he can do it and he has no problem doing it. But when you can get no momentum downfield because you're making cuts three yards behind the line, you can't put your shoulder down and run exactly. anybody over. And no momentum. So the, the exciting thing about Logan Diggs is there's so much to his arsenal that people didn't even get to see this year that if he can, if he can deprogram the bad habits he had to use this year, you're going to really see him be a, a, a really productive runner this season, which again helps because then he won't need 20 carries to get where he needs right. to get to. Absolutely. And that's the big thing is you, you, the best way for this team to utilize all the backs is the backs and this and the run game have to be efficient. And that's the key, you know, where you don't need all those extra carries and you know, which right once runs the clock down. So that's, and, and then the other thing too is Logan has to develop in the run game. All Chris Tyree does as well, or pass game. The, the pass blocking is going to be a big thing. That's one thing Kyron was phenomenal at, that they're all going to have to learn. Logan should be a weapon in pass pro because he's a bigger guy, and, and yes. we'll say the same thing about Audric Estime when we get to him. And that's an area where I think he could really be good because we saw he can be effective in the screen game because you get that kid with his elusiveness and size and space in the screen game, as we saw against Georgia Tech, he's going to be a weapon. And if he's a really good blitzer, like blitz pickup guy, picker upper, blitz picker upper, <laughs> blitzer picker upper, you know, that's going to make him even more effective because he can sting you yeah. and then slip off right behind you. Right. And he can, right? st- he can sting, you right. know, defense tackles. Like he, right. he's, he's got a big enough frame and a big enough body where he's not going to get run right. over by those guys. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yep. So that's the other thing that you look at and say, this is an area where I think that he could really be just a strong all-around back. And that's the thing I loved about Logan coming to high school. There was nothing he was great at. Like, he wasn't a 4-3 or a 4-4. He wasn't 230. He wasn't, you know, Barry Sanders, Jukiness. Right. He just is really good everywhere. Sure. 
And that's what makes it such an impressive, you know, all around package. And, and him and Tyree are great complements of each other. Agreed. The nice thing about this backfield is, though, it doesn't end there. Oh, it does. The he talked about big and strong, and that leads us right into Audric Estime because I – obviously, I was at all the home games, you know, but I never Just rub went it down. in. Rub it in. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, okay. But being at the bowl game – I got there real early, and I'm walking around the field, and the guys are coming out, and I was about 10 feet away from Audric Estime, and I understood the hype, okay? Mm-hmm. from About his know, size. About yeah. his size. It's like, oh, my, he's yeah. a freshman. Like, just a massive, put-together human being, mm-hmm. okay? And it Looks was – like a grown man. Yes, I mean, that's as an 18-year-old, he was a grown right. dude, Okay, and so you want to talk about a guy that it can absorb blocks, can run between the tackles, and has a little bit of juice to him when he gets to the outside because we saw a little bit of that too in mop-up duty. That's Audric Estime. And so there's a place for him in this rotation, I think, for sure, uh, you know, for this team moving forward. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I think the thing is, you know, we we have this perception of Audric because of how he looks. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And it's understandable. I mean, not only is he 230, but like he is just, I mean, just chiseled. I mean, yes. just like, I mean, it's he, like his muscle. I mean, yeah, he's just a. You have that expression like, who's who are the first guys you want off the bus? Right? <laughs> and for me. And, and the, 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 it's an old expression that you, it's like, you know, it's kind of thing in your high school days when, you know, you pull the bus up to the stadium and your team gets out and everybody can see your team getting off the bus. Right. And, and like, to me, it's like, okay, Blake Fisher's the first guy getting off the bus for me. <laughs> right. right. Followed by Isaiah Foskey, followed by Audric Estime. Yes. Right. I mean, that's, and then followed by Michael Mayer. Like that's my four, like those four dudes are getting off the bus and just like, and then they're going to like kind of form a line, you know, and just like, you know, they're all going to, like, cut off T-shirts. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, we got to play those guys? Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. Um, You know, and 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 that's the thing. But here's the thing that's often lost about Audric. And we saw this. He only carried the ball, what, seven times last year? And it was, all I think, all against Navy? All in that one game. Yeah, right. right. That kid has some feet. He's got some juice to him, and man. If you I... go, yes. If you go back and watch his high school film, Audric Estime has no problem putting his shoulder down and running you over. He had six carries against Navy. He carried one again once. I remember this. He carried just now. He carried. He did carry once against 
Oklahoma State. Okay. But he he can put a shoulder down, and I'd actually like to see him use that more. But if you go back and watch his high school film, he had great feet. Yeah. He, 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 I'm not comparing him to this player because we're talking about a Hall of Famer, right? But it reminds me a lot of like how Jerome Bettis was in the pros. Like people, Jerome was a big guy and he can run you over, but Jerome was like he had phenomenal feet and balance. Audric has great feet and balance, so he's not just a hammer the line kind of guy. You're not just putting him in and running power O on third and one. Yes, I want to do those things with him. I, what I'm saying is you're not just putting him in to run power on third and one he can run your offense and you know he's got good vision he's got i don't think he has as much juice as as tyree obviously and i and I, he doesn't seem to have the same first step burst that logan Diggs does but he is a guy that if you go back and watch his high school film and some of the stuff we saw from him in fall campaigns when he gets to the second level and he starts getting that sucker moving forward he can pick him up and put him down now Exactly. Right. That's exactly and so right. yes. that's the thing I love about him is even though him and Logan Diggs are much closer in style of play than they are to Chris Tyree, there's still some different elements to that. Absolutely. And and so that's what I like about Audric is we're all going to focus on what he looks like and he's big of and course. He's massive. Easy to and, do. And he needs to use that as a sh- I mean, it's like he needs to embrace that because that's what's going to get you on the field immediately. Absolutely, cuz he could be he's your red zone back, right? right? And, and your short yard back. back. Exactly. Yeah, he's and he's my third down back when I know that I'm going to have a back end pass pro. Absolutely. Because he also can catch a screen and yes. go do something with it. But, yeah. you know, hey, go ahead and bring your corner off the edge and run him into Audric estimate. <laughs> it's like running into a wall. Yeah. If I'm, uh, I'm like, hey, coach, you're, you're seriously, I'm 185 pounds. You're gonna have me do a corner fire against that guy. Do you hate me? Did, did, is, do you is there? Do you want me to transfer? Like, is not that want me to not just, want me to just, date your daughter? Is that what? Ask me to transfer if you want me to transfer. Don't make me kill myself. You know, <laughs> um, uh, you know. But that's the thing is like, if if you use him that way, you know, it can be an asset. Like, hey, I don't know if we really want to bring these fires because that guy's really good at pass pro and he's right. as big as our linebackers. That's why, to me, if I'm Audric, I'm this spring. My priorities number one and two are I'm going to show them that I can run, I can get two yards from anywhere at any time, no matter what. And number two, I'm going to be the best pass blocker on the team. Those two things are going to get him into the rotation right now. Absolutely correct. Then once that gets you in the door, then you get your chance to show off. Hey, I'm going to get my two yards, but then I'm going to make this guy miss, and then I'm going to turn that two into twenty. Exactly. Right. And hey, I'm going to step up and I'm going to drill this linebacker. But the next time we're going to, I'm going to drill him and then slip up underneath him and we're dumping it off for a slip screen and I'm out the gate. And so to me, that's going to be the thing for Audric is, is don't be afraid to embrace what makes you sort of different. And then that'll be your chance to then show that, hey, I'm not just a big guy. I, I got great feet. I got great vision. I'm smart. I'm a smart back too. And it just so happens that I look like a, a Greek god. You know what I mean? So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and and so to me, that's going to be the key for him. And the big thing for Audric is he has to not get impatient, big picture. Because he's going to want to go out there in the spring and, uh, you know, just want to – I got to go show that I'm the guy – that I need to I need to beat out Logan and I need to beat out Chris and I got to go try to hit a home run. No, just play your game every day. That's going to be the big concern I have for him is if he kind of goes out there and he's thinking, 
hey, I've got I've to show something today. That's when you start pressing and that's when you start yes. making mistakes. Absolutely. Right? You're not going to win the starting job on the first week of spring practice. Go play your game. There's a role and, for and, him, though. Right, exactly. Yes, there's a exactly. role. Exactly. And the role could, and now that's how you eventually win the job because Absolutely. you just hey, every day you just keep plugging, you just keep keep playing. Right. And and that's that's the key is is going out there and, and, and showing that you can be that guy. Yes. Okay. Because he's got some talent. And that kind of leads us into the kind of one of the final pieces of that, Vince. The key for Chris for for Tommy Reese and Dylan McCullough, and also Harry He Stand is you've got to find a way to use all three of these guys, right? And they're all too good not to play. Absolutely. Now, one guy may not get quite as much as the other two. That's a chance for that. But Dylan, Coach McCullough talked in the press conference, his opening you know, interviews, about how – and I think this is where his time in the NFL is really going to help him, is like, look, I have my first down back. I've got my second down back. I've got my third down back. I've got my red zone back. I, now, sometimes that – the same guy may be your first, your second down sure. back, but you know, it's like you have these different niches and then let's see who fits those best. So even if Chris Tyree may be the quote unquote starter or Logan Diggs may be the starter. Hey, whenever we're in this situation, Audric automatically goes in the game because that's our starter. That's our red zone starter. Right. Right. Like when we get inside the 20, you're there or whatever the case may be when it's third down, you're in the game because here's, here's why I say like, you know, if Audric can show that he's a great pass blocker, on third down, you're in the game whether it's third and one or third and nine. Because on third and one, we're giving you the ball. You better move the chains. On third and nine, you're you got to pick up that blitz so exactly. we can have time to throw the football, or we can throw you a screen and you can go get the first down. So he's gonna have to really show that he can do that. But I think that's gonna be the key is is finding that niche. But the other part of it is this is where this is where Harry Heastan's gonna have the bigger say from a coaching standpoint. When I look at Chris Tyree, I see a guy that's an inside zone, outside zone, counter, buck sweep guy. And and a, a guy that's it's patience, it's it's hit that one cut and go. With Logan Diggs, he's more of an outside zone, kind of counter, sort of a stretch. You're like, I don't want Chris Tyree running stretch plays as much, right? Like, I want him kind of with the wide, the, you know, it's almost like this, it's almost like the mid zone. Like Logan Diggs is more of like a mid zone guy. And and his game is just a little bit, like I said, you know, the elusiveness, you know, and I think he can be a little bit more power. Logan Diggs is a guy that's like, or Audric Estime is a guy like, hey, this is our inside zone. He's a he's a power O guy, or he's maybe a G scheme if they have that, or he's a he's an, an, an ISO guy, whatever the case may be. Like, this is his game. Yes, they all have a the, the, the run game needs to be tailored to all of them. Now, in the past, they couldn't do that this past year. And and so I'm not saying they they messed up. But what I'm saying is moving forward, you have your package and it's going to it's got to have all the runs in it and all the backs need to be able to execute those plays. The line's got to block them. But when Chris Tyree's in the game, you tailor your run game to what he does best. When Logan Diggs is in the game, you do the same thing because. You can't do what they did last year, which is you try to make Chris Tyree run Kyron Williams' offense. Right. They did the same thing in 2020 as well. Now, it, the line was better, so it could it would work for him. But you've got to you've got to build around what he does whenever one of those guys is in the game. So it becomes an an emphasis needs to change. Now, the hard part is, and this is where Harry Heastan comes into play. You've got to now be proficient blocking more stuff because. If Logan Diggs is in the game, we may be doing this and this. If Chris Tyree's in the game, we may be doing this and this. So it's up to me as the line coach to say, okay, we need to make sure that we're great at all those things. 
And we saw this a little bit in 2017, which is what makes me optimistic it'll happen because when Josh Adams was in the game, it was inside zone and it was buck sweep. I mean, that's basically what they ran. You know what I mean? When Tony Jones was in the game, it was different. When when Dexter Williams is in the game, it was a little bit different. Yeah. They blocked more stuff. And then you had Brandon Wimbush as a runner. So I think that that, that to me is where, you know, who's the guy that I want to go with when, you know, when when we want to run Tyler Buckner, right? I mean, that that's kind of like the thing you look at too is, you know, when we when we want to call this is a series, we want to we want to throw this wrinkle at him with Tyler, we want so and so in the game. Right. Who's the best want, complement to that? What you We you're want Chris Tyree to. in the game because we're going to run power, you know, QB power, right? Or power read, which gets a guy on a jet sweep, an outside zone or a sweep type motion, not jet sweep, but a sweep type motion. Quarterback rides that. Or you yeah. want that defense running with Chris Tyree, and then he pulls and he gets right up in there behind the lead guard. You're not going to have the same stretch to the outside if you try that with Audric Estime. They're going right. to be more focused on, you know, and then and then it's like, but with inside zone more, you may say, hey, when we're going to – if this is a heavy read zone game, this may be a day where we want to go with Logan Diggs or Audric Estime more because we want to get them to collapse because we want Tyler pulling and getting it outside. Right. Or we want to get – we want to crease – we think we can crease them with our inside zone on the read zone because they cheat on a quarterback. And that's where Chris Tyree, right. right? So that's all part of game planning and, and, and looking for what is going to work that week. And some weeks, Chris Tyree may be the, the lead guy. Other weeks, you may folk feature Logan Diggs more. Other weeks, but you've got to have that whole arsenal. And whoever's in the game is in the game. That guy has to be able to sort of execute and run the whole offense. Right, absolutely. Right, yes. and and th- that's going to be the key for me when we look at at this group of guys. And, and again, we spent almost no time talking about Jadarian Price. And <laughs> right. For Jadarian, this is a this is going to be a good spring for him if he has the right attitude, and I think he will. Look, J- I've had somebody somebody asked me the other day, you know, is, is Jadarian Price going to get upset? Like Jadarian Price knew that Chris Tyree, Logan Diggs, Diggs and Audrey Estime were on the roster when he signed. Right. Okay. He, he's he's going to be fine. He's a smart kid, but this is great for him because he gets to learn and he gets to see different styles and and he's got a new coach, so it's not like you have to deprogram anything. It's He's new, so the new coach isn't new to him. It's the only coach he's going to have in Notre Dame for the for the time being. You know what I mean? So this is a great opportunity for him, but he's also the kind of kid, Vince, that if there's an injury, you better hope you're not out too long because when you get back <laughs> yeah. you're gonna get Wally Pip. <laughs> you, you you may not you may not have your same spot in the lineup because right. Darren Price can flat out play. Yeah. So I mean that's and and with Sebo Flemister, the latest we just don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if he's going to be brought back in the spring. I don't. And if he gets brought back in the spring, it's not a guarantee. He's going to get brought back in the fall either. And, and so um, I just, it, it, we're not talking about him because we just don't know his status. Right. Yeah. And if we ever get word on what his status actually is, then we'll talk more about SIBO and, you know, the element he brings to the table and, and those type of things, because even though he's one of the smaller backs, he's probably the most, downhill you know run people over things so sure. um yeah it's it's a very interesting i mean look there there weren't that many years ago where jared jadarian price is the number two guy the minute he steps foot on campus and now he's gonna struggle to get on the field yeah exactly that the, the whole sebo flemister thing is just so strange because it's like there's mm-hmm. no news it's like there's just nothing out there it's it's, it's so weird but mm-hmm. you know it's it's that's that's notre dame I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. That's, that's really kind of what they do, you know? So, 
<laughs> Shouldn't surprise us too much. Right. That's hilarious. So, you know, you look at it, Vince, end of the day, you know, this is a really talented backfield. It's a very diverse backfield. It's a group of players that I think has a chance to really establish something and and yeah. and and really be dynamic. And we've talked about Notre Dame wanting to build an elite offense. And what we said at the beginning of the show was this. To be an elite offense, in my opinion, one that can help you win a title, you have to be really good at both, running and passing. You look at LSU in 2019. They didn't run for a ton of yards, but when they needed to, they were really good at running. They just didn't. Right. No one, no one was good enough to make them make them run, right? Uh, defensively, but they were good at it. I mean, you had a, a running back from their team was a first round pick that next year, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And so, uh, same thing with Bama. I mean, Bama showed this year in the playoff when when they needed to run against Cincinnati, they went for over three hundred, right? And and so you got to be great at both. And the truly elite offenses are dynamic at both. Sure. And I have a lot of optimism about the pass game, which I've written about multiple articles that I was breakdown this week. I'll have another one out later today, but the run game is to me going to benefit greatly from that. If I'm right, because you're going to see the run game hit a lot of home runs. And, you know, I've, I've had this conversation about, you know, the 2017 run game and, and look, they don't have Quentin Nelson and Mike McGlinchey. Their versions of those guys are very young. But what you have to understand is you're going to have a quarterback just as dynamic, but the difference is this offense projects to have a far significant, a significantly better pass game. And so they ran in spite of big boxes in 2017. And that's also why the run game struggled a couple times against some really good D lines that were good enough against that great line to, to, to make it life more difficult to where then your safeties are getting down and you just got nothing you can do yeah, in the run game. I mean, it is right. Way. Yeah, And you weren't good enough in the throw. I mean, Georgia dared Notre Dame to beat them with the pass game. Miami dared Notre Dame to be in the pass game, and they couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. You do that to this year's team, and you're going to get smashed. It just, it you know, because look, love Durham Smythe. He's not Michael Mayer. Right. Right. And you you didn't have a Braden Lindsay on that team. You didn't have a, you know, you didn't have an Avery Davis on that team. You didn't have a Lorenzo Styles on that team. You had the guys on the roster. You just didn't use them, I should say. Right. You didn't use Clay, Chase Claypool till later. You didn't use Miles Boykin. You tried to go out and win with, you know, against George with Freddie Canteen and Cameron Smith and Chris Fink. So that's the thing about it is, and this group of backs is much better in the pass game than that group of backs in 2017. So I think that's the other element too that makes you say, boy, this has got a chance to be really, sure. really fun and really, really special. Well, that's, I think there's a ton of talent in here. Again, I'm kind of repeating what I said at the beginning, but ton of talent plus an improved offensive line plus the running ability of the quarterback. I, I think all of those things is a great formula for just a great run game. And it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that aspect. For sure.
Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.